And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Animaniacast. A puppy wasn't a cartoon. It was a movie. Bumby's mother is... Ah! Is it me? That mama dear was just an actress. Vina Walline. We were pals. She used to date George Jetson. Look, have I ever lied to you before? You said Kino's legal in Burbank. You said Miguel Guerrero was a woman. You said... Can it. Welcome, everybody, once again to the Animaniacast. This, of course, is the podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs, as well as other shows within the Rugerverse, such as Tiny Toon Adventures, Pinky and the Brain, and Freakazoid. And today, it is part two of our interview with John McClanahan. Yeah, we're going to be talking about all the different things about Animaniacs and beyond with Star Tunes. That's right. Well, let's get to the introductions. I am Joey, and of course, joining me once again, there's my brother Nathan. And my catchphrase. <laughs> what a great one. And across the country in Georgia, there's Kelly. Hello. And joining us uh, from the, uh, the Ozarks uh, area is our special guest, John McClenahan. Here I am. I forgot my banjo. <laughs> and uh, of course it's our honorary fourth co-host it's the creator of animaniacs himself it's mr tom ruger it's the johnny mcclanahan show oh. <laughs> see yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad that my my father actually showed me beanie and cecil so i could get that reference right there so a whole half hour <laughs> yeah <laughs> a whole half hour uh, yes, we're back uh, to talk about Star Tunes and John's work with all that crazy group of people. And, of course, Star Tunes' contribution to Animaniacs, which, of course, this, some of the, the Star Tunes episodes of Animaniacs really – I don't know how you were lucky enough to get such a great roster of, of scripts sent to you. It, you really – you know, whereas other animation groups like, oh, okay, that, that segment was okay. That one was okay. It seems like Star Tunes, not only was the animation always fantastic, but you guys really got some fantastic scripts to work with as well. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I have to, I have to thank uh, Tom for that. I mean, we always, we always tried to make the most of any script that we got, but, uh, uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, they were just fun to work on. And I mean, when you when you get to work on shows that are fun, I mean, you almost feel guilty getting paid. I mean, I I didn't feel guilty getting paid, but uh, almost. (laughs) There were always a lot of work, but I did uh, definitely uh, pick out uh, the ones that I thought uh, Star Tunes could hit over the fence. Yes. And I mean, af- after they uh, just clobbered uh, Baby Plucky in that first uh, Tiny Tunes, then, you know, we started uh, definitely directing specific scripts towards Star Tunes. But, uh, and certainly with Animaniacs, I mean, they were there the whole run. So we were always uh, putting special ones aside for, for John and crew. 
Well, we were happy that you did. <laughs> yes. So, Tom, we're, we left off on our, our discussion really with, with Tiny Toon Ventures. Uh, so the decision was made at that point really kind of like here's the animation companies that we're going to be working with. And StarTunes was just one of the first picks right away. Is that how it really yes. went down? Yes. I mean, we knew we were doing Animaniacs. And uh, we knew we had Acom, a TMS, a Cuckoo's Nest, and and StarTunes. And I think we divvied them up pretty much fairly equally among that group. Uh, I mean, we didn't want to overwhelm StarTunes with stuff, but we certainly kept them busy. Also, uh, Freelance Graphics in New Zealand did just a few episodes. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so we, we definitely sent what we felt were uh, especially funny and and I mean, we clearly uh, we sent the first flappy to uh, John and crew, and they did that so well. We really started saying, "Hey, the flappies are going to Chicago." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the first slappy we did was uh, "Slappy Goes Walnuts." Yes, and which was the first slappy. Was it okay? There you go, and uh, uh, Spike Brandt. I mean, b- by the time. Animaniacs hit, and I think uh, we were we were last week. I think we talked a little bit about the Christmas special, and I think while we were working on the Christmas special, you guys in LA were getting Animaniacs ready to go, and so we were we were kind of uh, we were almost a little distracted. I mean, we were like we couldn't wait to see what this Animaniacs thing was all about. But by that time, um, I knew we were going to have a a pretty big workload and it wasn't going to be something that just me and, and Spike Brandt were going to be able to, to handle. So we started going out and just recruiting anybody that a looked like they could draw well, B had a good sense of humor. C they were hungry to animate. I mean, that was, that was one of my biggest, um, conditions i wasn't really looking for people who had uh you know college pedigrees or anything um i was really looking for did they like to draw and did they want to animate and uh i just you know i could say i got very lucky i was blessed but some of these people just came out of the woodwork and uh i think they heard that you know there was the studio startoons that was starting to do uh, national uh, footage, not just you know soap commercials and stuff, which is what we would most most of what was done in Chicago. You know, Spike Brandt was just the best. Now, I, did I tell you the story of how Spike got his name? I don't think so. So his name is Christopher Brandt. His name is Chris, and uh, my wife's name is Chris. So when I would be yelling, "Hey, Chris," they would both answer. Cause, cause she was there too. And, uh, and Spike with his kind of droll sense of humor. Uh, and of course he's a, he's a big Tom and Jerry fan also. Uh, and so there's that bulldog in Tom and Jerry named Spike. He says, he says, look, John, from now on, just call me Spike. And so, <laughs> so that's how we handled it. It was that, that eliminated the confusion. 
and and Spike was a gem. I mean, he was just a gem. He he worked hard. His work was excellent, uh, and he's 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 a monster. I mean, he's he's still in in the business, and he's still cranking out great stuff. Um, he recently directed uh, this latest Space Jam movie, and he he was able to squeeze me in for a few scenes on that one. Uh, I'm always thankful for that. Uh, Tony Cervoni was uh, selling shoes in wow. in a Chicago strip mall, and he liked to draw, but um, he didn't want to come on full time because I, at the time I wasn't offering any medical benefits, and. Uh, I said, but look, you're going to get paid so much more than you will selling shoes that you'll be able to pay for your own medical benefits. And so that convinced him. And then later on, we did give him medical benefits. So, uh, and and he directed the first Space Jam movie. So, uh, and, and yeah, he's they're both uh, very big at Warner Brothers. I mean, have, yeah, big, done a lot big. of great stuff, a lot mm. of great stuff. And then there was another fellow that worked at another studio uh, named Jeff Sergey, and uh, he had been the lead animator at Calabash Studios, and he kept hearing about how uh, Spike Brandt was uh, uh, getting to work on all this really cool stuff, and finally he kind of came and and uh, talked to me, and because I I hadn't wanted to go after him because he was the lead animator for another guy, I didn't want I didn't want there to be bad feelings about taking away their, their lead animator, but I did. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then Neil Sternicke was a comic book artist who was actually uh, working on the old Walt Kelly strip Pogo. And he, he had somehow, uh, he had somehow gotten the gig where he was continuing to draw the Pogo strip um, and he was, he was interested in animation, didn't know anything about it. And so I, I, I said, well, you, you know, we'll, we'll put you in as a in-betweener cause that's one of the best ways to kind of learn on the job, you know, especially if you can draw, you're going to, you're going to do well and you'll kind of get the idea of the mechanics. I always thought that in-betweening was like, sort of like animation school, except you get paid for it. Yeah. Neil did a lot of work, uh, on the Animaniacs comic book too. Yes. I, I, I was just, I was like, where have I just seen that name? We just talked about an Animaniacs comic book a few weeks ago and his name came up as, as I think the penciler, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's well known and well established. He's a hustler too. So he just stays busy. <laughs> um, and, and when he finally got to the, the point where, uh, I, I think I told you last week, I promoted myself to animator. He kind of did that too with us. He, <laughs> he just said, uh, he said, John, I'm, I think I've got the in-between thing down. I want to animate. And I said, well, you know, uh, why don't you give it another month or so? He says, I'm not sticking around a month unless you get, let me animate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we gave him the first Randy Beeman cartoon. Oh, oh. beautiful. Beautiful. And he did it, and it was so charming, and it had a distinctive style to it. So, uh, whenever we did uh, any of our our other Randy Beeman cartoons, we always used his as kind of our standard. Can you imagine Randy Beeman 
that charming kid coming out and he walks out of the house a different way each time. I know. Uh, uh, done by almost any other studio. I mean, I just yeah. can't imagine him tootling out that door and <laughs> rubbing his nose and, and picking at himself. And because uh, I, you know what, it really wasn't in the script. It was uh, he comes out and he says something, but you guys brought that kid to life. Totally. It was, and it was so quirky. I mean, it was just so. the The humor was exactly the kind of thing that I love. Uh, just really quirky kind of humor, and it's like, wait, is that the joke? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was it. Okay. Well, that was a, it. Okay. As a kid, it was great to see. I mean, I think the kids got to see themselves basically on TV a lot there too, because it really was like, oh yeah, I heard that same story. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the schoolyard today urban myth. yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was it, i mean to me it just showed how in tune with kids the writers were because uh uh it it, it really sounded exactly like you said joey it sounded exactly like something that a a kid would come up with I was going to say ron fleischer was my tech guy he was a chicago guy he was one of the guys in the elevator uh, when we went to LA, um, he had, he had gone to animation school and he learned all the nuts and bolts. So he was, he was my technical guy. He knew how to splice film together. He knew how to work, uh, a camera, Steenbeck, uh, editing bench, you know, 35 millimeter film with, uh, eight plates rolling at one time. Uh, he, he knew how to sync up a soundtrack. He could do track reading. Uh, so he could do everything. He called himself an animator, but when he showed me some of his drawings, I said, you're going to be my tech guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, by the way, I should mention that star tunes, unlike the other studios, I mean, uh, consistently provided us with a pencil test of each episode, uh, prior to, us receiving the the color footage so we and you know i tortured them because i would go over the pencil test i'd send them oh you have to make sure this character does that better and so uh yeah they must have loved those notes acom did it for a while and they said we can't get the shows done this way you know and they would discount so we 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 said okay acom stop and the acom had a they had sort of a uh lugubrious quality if you'll pardon the expression <laughs> to their animation it was a little bit a little uh i don't know like they're a little bloated or something i don't know yeah. uh, anyway the the star tunes uh pencil test they're they're fascinating to watch those yeah a lot of them i've i've seen have been uh getting posted online in various places and everything so it's it's always fun to look at those and see the see them because you really get a, a, a a real feel of the the artist behind the the camera when you watch when you're watching those. Yeah. Hey John, I've got a question. Um, because you're talking about your your crew and everything. Um, but I don't I don't think we discussed um how when you started Startoons, how you got all the equipment and everything that you needed um to start an animation studio. Yeah, well, all all I really needed to do animation was a light box and some paper and pencil. So 
that that was pretty easy. And I, I actually, believe it or not, I, I got started in the business. I think we talked about it last week in Australia. And uh, when Hanna-Barbera's studio in Australia closed down, they were uh, getting ready to junk all the uh, light boxes. And I said, let me get my light box and let me take that back to America okay. with me. So I, okay. so I took that. So I had my own light box. And, um, and then when it came time to finish the film or to get anything done, I would just freelance it out. I would subcontract somebody to, you know, track read the uh, voice track or to, um, you know, do pencil tests for me or anything like that. Oh, okay. But eventually, yeah. I mean, I'll never, I'll never forget when we we were like, okay, we're going to do this whole season of uh, Animaniacs. We got to get ourselves our own editing bench. And um, we, I don't know. We we bought one for about, I don't know, $15,000. Oh, wow. Uh, big, big deal. And uh, now I think it would make a great boat anchor because, <laughs> because I don't – I. I was going to try and like sell it for a hundred bucks to a film museum because it's like nobody uses that. Where, where anymore. is it? Where is it? I think it ended up getting, uh, the, the building that we had when we, when we went, uh, out of business, uh, later became a restaurant and I think it was just, we just left it in there and let them take care of it. So I don't know if they yeah. gutted it and put a, uh, a microwave oven editor. But uh, yeah, that was that was one of those sad things. It was like a, the biggest, most expensive piece of equipment we had, and it's like. How many light yeah. boards did you have there? Animation light boards. I I would guess uh, we had probably thirty or more. Wow, was, and and was, were they were they bought or rented or? Uh... Well, there was there's a place in L.A. where you can get the discs yeah. uh, called Cartoon Colors, I think. Yep. And so whenever we needed those sort of things, we'd have to have them shipped from L.A. And, uh, but to get the actual light boxes, we'd we generally after, you know, now that I had mine from Australia, I found a guy who could do some carpentry. And I just said, can you make hmm. more of these? And yeah. I just showed it. I just showed it to him and and uh, I showed him the disc that had to be, you know, he had to drill a hole or cut a hole yeah. in the in the table to put the disc in, and he he made it just right. And so, yeah, he he ended up doing a whole bunch for us. In fact, our directors, we made these enclosed things. We called them white towers because the guy laminated them with white whatever. Um, <laughs> but they, but they were like, they were U shaped, they were yeah. U shaped and they had built in shelves and, oh, they, nice. and they had the tower. And the, yeah. Yeah. And the light box was built into it. And so you basically could just slide your chair in there and you'd have, you'd have your, uh, tape recorder on your left and you'd have your pencil sharpener on the right. And you had shelves for all your clean paper and all the shelves for all your, Ruined nice. paper and yeah, nice. and uh, yeah, there was a little locker in there where you could put your uh, your gold. How many did you make of those? Four of those. Yeah, so I I had one, and then Spike had one, and Tony had one, 
and uh, Kirk Tingblad had one. Right. And, Kirk and, was another one. Yeah. Go tell me about Kirk. He he came to us from Minneapolis. We had been uh, we'd been farming out some stuff to an old guy in New Mexico, and I can't remember the guy's name. I feel bad about that, but. Uh, he, you know, he, he while we were still looking for animators, we were starting to substitute or, you know, sub out some of the um, some of the animation. We'd send these packages and uh, it was some old guy who had worked on, uh, uh, I don't know, the Flintstones or something. But he was he was retired, retired and he he was just kind of doing it to stay, you know, shake the cobwebs off. And then. Uh, but he he said, hey, you know, I've got a friend who lives up in Minneapolis. So it was kind of weird. He had a friend in Minneapolis. He was in New Mexico. But uh, he says, this guy this guy is really good and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he put me in contact with him, and his name was uh, Kirk Tingblad. And so I was able to get uh, Kirk Tingblad to move down to Chicago, and he became uh, my uh, uh, fourth director. And he was he was a wild character. He was uh, <laughs> he was a, 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 a wild name. Yeah, redheaded Viking uh, from the north. And you can see Kirk. He I don't know how much this was actually a practice with with a lot of you guys, but I, I've seen I, I remember seeing like this guy with this weird shaggy hair and a big mustache and glasses, and he would pop up at a lot of star tunes. Like he'd be like in the Plain Pals <laughs> cartoon, and like and he'd, be in, yeah. he'd be in Meatballs or Consequences, and the, he he kind of stands up in Meatballs or Consequences, going "Better go, I got to sell the wife some iron ore or something like that." Uh, and that's Kirk Tingblad's uh, caricature. He put himself in there. Yeah, he did that whenever he could. Um, <laughs> And he, and I mean, that was, that was one thing that we all did. It was something that we had done in Australia was uh, we would just often, if there was a crowd scene and they had a bunch of uh, incidental characters, we'd just substitute uh, the faces of our staff uh, into those things. And that was our own little in joke. And so I, I started doing that a little bit, uh, I don't. I don't know if I did it on the first Tiny Tunes. I might have been a little nervous to try that, but uh, I think I, after we got we got in good with Warner Brothers, uh, we started doing it. And of course, Kirk Kirk just loved that idea. So he he, he I think he used it or abused that privilege too much. <laughs> did you know that Gendy Tartakovsky? worked for me for a while i had no, no idea of course like kelly uh, you and i probably know gindy tartakovsky a lot from the the Clone star, wars. Wars. star wars yeah the star <laughs> wars series that he of course worked on yeah. but he's done a lot of projects over the years and i had no idea he had worked for star at star tunes at any well he had actually been my um uh teacher's assistant my ta when i was teaching at columbia college in chicago and uh I used my, you know, I taught animation at Columbia once a week, uh, and that was one of my other ways of scouting for talent. And and uh, it actually became a bit of a point of contention with Columbia because I, it, when I would see somebody who could draw, uh, <laughs> I would I would tell them, listen, 
quit come see school, me. quit school <laughs> and come, come work for me. And, and, and the head of the department found out about it and he, he gave me a good dressing down about it, but I didn't stop. Um, but Gendy was my, was my TA. So, uh, and he was doing his own film project and, uh, uh, he, you know, he was, he was a good, good, hard worker. He, uh, he had a good sense for enter entertainment. It's, it's funny because his drawing wasn't real good at first. Uh, but later, uh, he kind of, he actually, he actually just, he, he had kind of a crush on John Chris Felucci. And uh, he really wanted to be doing Ren and Stimpy cartoons. Ah. And so uh, when he found out that I wasn't going to be doing any Ren and Stimpy cartoons, uh, he took off for L.A. <laughs> and uh, that was the last I saw him. <laughs> well, a lot yeah. of these guys uh, went to L.A. ultimately. Yeah, they became what they called the Chicago mob. Did, ah. <laughs> had you heard that, Tom? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They and they would they would rub you out. <laughs> yeah. With an eraser. Yeah. He knew how to animate. <laughs> he knew how to you know make you sleep with the fishes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I and, think and, uh, David Pryor and and uh, John Griffin went west as well. I believe did they not? I don't think they did. Now they oh, okay. they came they came later. Uh, John and uh, Dave, and they're both both very talented guys. But when yeah, at the time that we closed down, they headed to the north side uh, uh, of town and went to work for uh, Williams Games or or I forget what that. It, it used to be part of the same outfit that owned Midway Games. Uh, and and Midway used to make uh, Mortal Kombat. Mm. So anyway, those so these guys, uh, yeah, went up went up there, and John and Dave and uh, a lot of a lot of the other good talented guys kind of took over. They were they were making uh, games for um, uh, like pinball machines and stuff, but they uh, were actually but they were actually doing. I, I said, how do you use cartoon work? in pinball games, you know, uh, you know, and like uh, one arm bandit games and stuff. And I, apparently they changed the technology to the point where they were actually playing cartoons in, in these gambling games. And so that's, that's what they did. They, they ended up working for the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> well, all their stuff went to Las Vegas, right? Um, James Tucker. Yes. He was, he was another one. He became what the the producer on uh, Batman, didn't he? Yep, yep. And, and Justice League and things like that. He Very he was talented. a great artist, great artist. Uh, that that you know he just kind of fell in our lap, and I could tell that the guy had uh, great talent and again no no experience, but he had that hunger, you know. But he re he really wanted to be doing like. Superman and Batman and stuff like that. I said, well, we're not doing those shows, but here, see if you can handle Slappy Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dave Pryor, Mary, Mary Hanley was another one. She was just a terrific draftsman. She had a, a kind of a droll sense of humor. 
she she was a good animator a good layout artist uh but i i i almost hated promoting her to animator because she was such a great assistant animator she did the scene in 13 something where it was like a split screen oh uh, tele telephone dialogue between buster and babs when she had she had left tiny tunes and she'd gone to work for this uh soap opera show they're having this uh kind of uncomfortable conversation with each other and the shot lasted 108 feet which oh is my golly. it's about two weeks worth of animation wow uh just for that one scene and i animated that and i gave it to her because i knew she was going to do a great that's job. over a minute right over oh a yeah 90 over 90 feet is a minute so yeah, over a minute. Uh, yeah. And that's with a, and so, and it wasn't being done in the camera, the split screen. It was literally both characters were appearing on, on the same cell. The whole yeah, piece. yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh my we had, we animated them on the same, on in the same scene, and yeah, in the same scene. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a lot so, of line work. That was a lot of line work, and and it, even one side of the screen started splitting off to uh plucky and uh yeah. shirley McLoon talking about something i remember they were in that scene and so it was like you know we had, we had five four or five characters going on at once well I, anyway. I always found that uh when uh there was an artist who was considered cleanup you know and that sounds lowly but right the artist that could clean up the animator's work beautifully and and the, the final line quality was like yes consistent and pretty yes that that person was gold and yes. you really didn't want them to leave the assistant area you, right because right. no one was going to be better than they were right at that point. right yep and and that's exactly right but i but you know at the same time you don't want to you know you don't want to punish them for doing a good job so right uh so you had to kind of balance that off another another gal that was uh, a great cleanup and assistant was uh tammy daniel bisque now she ended up going into uh disney that was kind of her dream so <laughs> she she kind of used us as a jumping off point to get into disney tj house there was another guy who uh I, i'm not sure he the first the first animation he did for us was on um, a show we did for Cartoon Network, but he did a great job. Perry Zambolas, he ended up uh, being a producer on Phineas and Ferb. So another Columbia College kid, Mike Owens, who ended up having his own series, uh, Danger and Eggs. Which <laughs> I don't know that one. Yeah, I never, I never saw it either. But I heard it was good. There was another fellow named Vince Prose, and Vince uh, has become like a world quality inspiration artist. I mean, he's he like designs uh, characters for movies and stuff now. I mean, he's he's just a real. Uh, I mean, he's way way up there. Uh, in the in the high echelons of uh visualization i guess you know pre-vis sort of stuff he he oh, designs yeah. designs characters great painter great you know it's like 
and he could animate too, but he, he, uh, his real forte, he, he just kind of did that to stay out of jail. You had a huge amount of like incredibly talented people right there all together. Like that is like, and just to hear all the, how they went off to different, and, and some of these are still huge mover and shakers uh, in the industry today. Yes, yes, they are. Like I say, I was just very blessed to have them uh, hanging around our studio for a while. Let's talk about some of the cartoons you made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the first the first one we did was uh, the big candy store, the great candy store or something. What was it? The big candy yeah, the big, store. The big candy store. Yes. Yeah. Which So that was the uh, Yakko, Wacko, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, and Flaxseed. And he was he was kind of a takeoff on uh, John Cleese, right? Yes, that was the voice. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Did he actually do the voice? No, Jeff Bennett. As Jeff yeah. Bennett really had a darn good uh, spot Cleese. on. Yes. Yeah. Well, Jeff did a great job doing John Cleese. And the one big problem we had, we had a very talented uh, background painter that we had just hired. And he did what I thought were great backgrounds. And we we showed them to Warner Brothers. And uh, it was like there was a three-alarm fire all of a sudden. It was like, huh. these are these are terrible. These are awful. Well, they here's the problem. He just did them with, like, way too bright of colors, oh. uh, which which was going. And, and it was a candy store anyway. So, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't going to be a colorful uh, backdrop. But. But uh, he ended up making his colors too bright, and we had to have a guy come to Chicago from L.A. to show him how to not paint uh, with such bright colors. And Brian, I think he took he took all his – what was the guy's name? The, the Brian, Brian Seaburn. That's right, Brian. He was a great guy. Yeah, he is. Another tall guy, big redhead. That's right. That's right. You, the, and John, in case anyone doesn't know this, how tall are you, Mr. McClenahan? I'm six seven. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. 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 So wow. yeah, and and Brian Seaburn was up uh, below six seven, but he was up there. Yeah. Not much, not much. When I see, <laughs> if I can't see across the top of their head, I start getting scared. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he came by and he, uh, I think he basically took all of uh, this fella's backgrounds. And uh, just took a white uh, airbrush and just started lightly spraying white paint over everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pull it back, and, yeah. And that pulled it back, and that, that saved the show. Uh, and it saved us a lot of headaches after that because our, our guy now knew how to, how to paint backgrounds properly. And I, I think that the, concentrate, the, the saturation of colors uh, is whenever people can figure that out by pulling it back, uh, less saturated, it really makes a huge difference, and, and especially in the background, so especially when the cu- characters up in front of the background are are saturated fully. Uh, it, right. Then they can read against that background. Yeah. Right. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. And I'm I've got a terrible sense of color, so that's why I've I've always been good just drawing with black pencil on white paper because I can understand those two colors. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. But yeah, it's like a background has to be a background. 
and so there's a there's just a fine a fine art to that and 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 choosing colors that are going to uh bring the character forward uh not only colors on the characters but also colors on the on the background that are actually going to help the character like i look at you tom sitting there and you've got your background nicely blurred and yes, I, I, wish... spray, I spray painted it with just a little white <laughs> a white on everything was that it yeah <laughs> i i i obviously put too much white on mine no, that's so good. Uh... <laughs> bunny bunny munns was our color uh, coordinator on almost all the shows and bunny munns uh i i like the color blue and yes you she would come because I mean Wacko's got a blue uh blue shirt and and Buster Bunny uh, they had the same outfit Wacko and Buster um uh and Bunny uh she would she would come up with these colors on the characters that were just like oh, I'm gonna kill you <laughs> we'd have the backgrounds and and sometimes they would uh when the character vanishes into the background, right. you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. No contrast mm. right there. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about some of John's big episodes. Oh, so there was uh, the, the big candy store and you got past the background issue. Yeah. I think I was uh, kind of heading up that one. And then at the same time, I think uh, Spike was uh, handling the slappy cartoon and uh, I, I did some of the scenes on that. I mean, it was it was like you know we had four units going, um, right. with a, with a, a guy supervising each each unit, but we would borrow from the other other units, and we would ask you know, hey, could you do this uh, these scenes here? You know, I'd I'd ask I'd ask Spike to do some of the scenes in my cartoons, and he'd ask me to do some of the scenes in his cartoons. So. Uh, it was pretty loosey goosey. I mean, the whole thing was just try and get uh, the best stuff done by the best people. I love, I love in that episode where the football team comes running into the candy store. That's that's <laughs> that, hilarious. You know, I, I'm Kelly. I'm so glad you brought that up because <laughs> that that I did I did that one that had a ton of pencil mileage on it, and um, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking. Uh, how I would like to date one of the cheerleaders <laughs> that I was animating. She was cute. You know, yeah, she was uh, cute. They were, yeah. Well, I think there were four of them, but we just, you know, duplicated Same, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah. And uh, then the nuns came in. I believe there were some nuns. <laughs> yes. They were fabulous. They, they were, they, they weren't as sexy though. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but they had good Irish accents. Yes, they did. Yeah, yes, they, they did. did. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Kelly, for for remembering that from that cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> it's and, a good one. Well, thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, one of the one of the. Uh, I mean, dot the anime. Uh, dot the macadamia nut was one but that that was one from the second season right wasn't yeah, it or third even i mean it yeah, was really you know, later in the in the I final 20 episodes i think yeah right yeah i think it's on the if you're, you're going off the dvds i think it's on the last disc of the <laughs> last season is it okay yes 
But it's so, one of the I mean, it's one of the most memorable uh, segments. Actually, sh- I actually I was showing it to my students actually a week ago, and they were all getting a real kick of watching that, especially with these close ups of the hip hippos' butts and <laughs> Ralph. Ralph in this crop top kind of thing, (laughs) slowly gyrating and belly. belly. Oh my gosh! Did they? uh, Did your students get to see the original uh, music video for that? You know, I think they. I think I. I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. They They even know the song. They know the song. The the Macarena is still such a you know a a part of every. I mean, you can't go to a wedding these days. I think still and (laughs) and not have that song play at some point. I think you're right. I think you're right. But but uh, yeah, the the Macarena. So, well, I guess I guess as long as we're on it, we should talk about it, right? Um, It. So first of all, uh, my my other son Vince was. on an all-star baseball team that I was uh, helping to coach and um, their team somehow decided, you know, the kids and, you know, he was like 12 years old at the time uh, when they would win a game, they would all get out on the field and play the Macarena and dance the Macarena. (laughs) And so, so I, you know, just to be a cool parent, I had to learn how to do the dance, but, (laughs) But the but the best thing was uh, Tom's one of Tom's assistants, uh, Kimberly McKelvey. That's her name, Kimberly McKelvey. She, I don't know if she volunteered or was drafted to uh, provide video reference for us uh, for all the all the different moves of the Macarena, and so we had video reference, which was great because, you know. I didn't want to have to get up and do the Macarena while I was <laughs> animating and look in a mirror. First of all, you don't want to see me doing the Macarena anyway. So, but, uh, <laughs> but Kim, Kimberly did a great job and she, uh, she, she provided, uh, all the, all the poses we needed, uh, that we could incorporate them into, uh, dot and, uh, you know, hello nurse and everybody else who is doing it. Um, <laughs> and pit pump handle. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a great, I mean, it's, it's, a, I was thinking when I was watching I think the it, mime is in there. Yeah. yeah. The mime, it yes. shows just about every Animaniacs character. It's one of the, it's one of the cartoons I think that has the best, showcase of all the 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 cast it really goes through and it's great in its placement i think you know in the seasons because you know you really are getting the sense of you know as you're as you're wrapping up the 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 series you're really getting the sense of like well we're getting close to the end but here we are it's almost like a a, almost a curtain call in some ways of all these great characters really uh, Newt, showing Newt off. Newt is even in it. Newt, Newt. is even like, doing, uh, <laughs> yes, you know, Awuga Awuga Minerva. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 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 a it's so crazy. But that Star Tunes, uh, you know, you have your, you know, that signature style of 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 drawing these different characters and and even the ones that maybe you didn't necessarily have that much experience with, like the Good Feathers and everything, are are in right. that as well. Right. There's a beautiful yeah, so. version of it, by the way, online uh, on Facebook, and not every version of it is really pretty. 
because sometimes there, I think the first time it aired, there were some shots that were like darker than others. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and it had to do yeah, with, I the, remember uh, that. There were, there were a couple of special uh, in-camera trick shots, weren't there? I mean, or were there? There was. Now, here's a bit of, uh, here's a bit of um, interesting history. Um, Warner Brothers, this was, this was at a time when things were starting to go digital, but Warner Brothers did not want any of this stuff done digitally, uh, they, which was probably smart at the time because everything, everything digital at that time would have been useless today. Um, so they wanted everything on film because that was the best way to keep these things uh, at the highest possible resolution uh, when it would be decided, you know, what the format would be when they would go digital. So they they would not allow us to do anything digitally. We did have a digital system. Uh, we were using Toon Boom Animation for other projects, but we couldn't use them for Warner Brothers. But uh, we did... The, the scenes that look, you know, where it's many characters kind of scrolling up in like different columns. Machine. It's what? like a slot machine. Yeah. And that's right. Um, those ones we did digitally and uh, we had to get special permission. We printed those out onto film from digital, but we had to get special permission to do it from Warner Brothers. So those were the first uh, digitally produced shots in that series i don't know if ah, they ever did anymore so there you go oh. yeah and then then we printed them onto a 35 millimeter film so they could be cut in with the rest of it uh but but yeah it was just it was it would have been too difficult uh to do it uh with cells i think um or or let's let's put it this way Every, uh, you know, and I think that's part of the problem that we had with some of that stuff was uh, being dark. Well, it was all on a white background and white really enhanced uh, any of the, if we had one scene that had three cell levels and another one had six cell, cell levels, yeah. then that white, that white would end up looking Going a gray. little bit darker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be a yeah. little darker. Uh, so uh, I'm sure somehow they they were able to, sort all that out in the end but yeah i think i remember the first time i saw it it was like oh that looks kind of dirty <laughs> i don't know if uh, all of our uh listeners know that uh in the old days the the level the number of levels of of characters you had you had to uh and then you were painting each character but then if right. another level came on with another character suddenly the character that's behind that character now the paint needs to be slightly different so that it yeah. is brighter and cuts through the other level of cell. So there were these incremental differences between wow. paints that you would have to yeah. do on the backs of these cells. Uh, it's just uh, mathematically uh, a mind boggler. And and would the painting, I don't think we talked about it, would the painting be done there at StarTunes as well? Or were the, where was that no. sent out? Yeah, that was sent out. We... Uh, we sent it out to uh, there. Were, there were Korean studios coming out right. of the woodworks trying to get our work, <laughs> and so we ended up settling on somebody that we'd never heard of, and I don't think anybody else has either. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they ended up. I mean, it wasn't Acom, and it wasn't Cuckoo's Nest or anything. But 
it was somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Cuckoo's was Nest did all, some of your Tiny Toon stuff, I think. I think they? maybe. Cuckoo's, yeah, I think so. But it's possible. possible. Um, hey, who did? Uh, do you remember Critical Condition? It was a slappy cartoon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I and because by that time, I had kind of laid claim on all the clappy, uh, slappy cartoons. So that Imagine was. Imagine if we had uh, called her Clappy. That would have been Clappy the squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been yeah, a whole different, you know. a whole different cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it's from my Navy days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I, critical condition. I I, I gotta say, uh, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe the most violent of all the animated cartoons, <laughs> and and I, I do love it. I love it so. I do too, and I I, I loved seeing Siskel and Ebert suffer. Um, <laughs> and they were Chicago you know, guys, right? And they were they were Chicago guys. Uh, it, it was funny that actually while while we were working on it, um, uh, my my brother Dave, who who was help, uh, so I've got a brother Dave, and I've also got a son Dave. So my brother Dave. Was um, they ran out of names at the McLennan hands. Like, yeah, we're done. We really, we really. It was like John and Dave. What else we got? Yeah, there's Dave. Um, <laughs> Dave, John, Chris. That's it. <laughs> that was it. Um, but I, uh, he he ended up visiting somebody from his church in the hospital, and he he remembers going to visit this guy, and uh, he saw Gene Siskel. And Gene, Gene was visiting somebody also who was sick. So I, I actually, I don't think Gene Siskel lived much longer after this cartoon. Anyway, I want to say he did. I think he, I think, but I might be wrong, but I, but yeah, I still <laughs> critical condition. I still, the highlight for me is the most disgusting part of any Animaniacs cartoon. <laughs> He's All shaking right. the butter, the the butter yes. out of his yeah. gut. The lard, the, the lard out of your That's gut. That's so fantastic! Oh my! I, I'm God. so proud of that. Are you proud of that? Tom? I'm so proud of that. And you uh, should sit they, in the corner they, for that. They requested. Cisco uh, and Ebert requested a copy of the cartoon. Wow! Really? Not not to criticize it, just to have. They wanted to have. Just to have it. To have, well, yeah. To That's have. funny. <laughs> that's funny that's funny i i mean i love the idea that there'd be these serious film critics somehow falling under the uh, power of slappy squirrel you know just uh that, that she she would be able to torment them <laughs> um so yeah, yeah that one I, I, to, actually uh, yeah Sorry. go ahead you, no you go well one one of the first uh Scenes that James Tucker did was uh, the Tyrannosaurus chasing uh, Siskel and Ebert. So I I did the one where they where it stepped on them uh, and got them into the movie because they got stuck on his foot. Uh, but she she had put uh, Slappy had put Siskel and Ebert right up next to the screen, and uh, the and the Tyrannosaurus from Jurassic Park stomps on them, and they get stuck in his foot, and now they're stuck in the film, which can only happen in cartoons. Yeah, um, uh, you know a beautiful scene in that. I mean, uh, going from the lard scene to something more beautiful 
is when Slappy is in her house, uh, in her treehouse, and the the critics are saying these horrible things about Slappy's career and, and her cartoons. And Slappy's standing there, and the animation is brilliant. Each line is delivered as if it were a punch to her face, but there's no one there punching her. But yeah. her animation is just beautiful. <laughs> it's reacting as if she's just being belted back and forth. Fabulous. Yeah, that was that was uh, one of those scenes that was kind of tough to do because it's like, okay, she's getting hit, but she's not really getting hit. So, but yeah, it, not easy. But it looked it looked like uh, she was getting hurt badly, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What about Bumby's mom? What are, what what other cartoons should we be talking about today? Yeah, there are so many. I I, I could just list. Let me just go off the qu- yes. quick list for our listeners, and we won't be able to go through all of these, obviously. But these are all the ones that Star Tunes as a whole did. So they first did the. I'm going off the Wikipedia here, which starts off with, of course, with this uh, the great Slappy Squirrel intro. There was two versions, and you guys did the first version, uh, which is uh, is is fantastic. Of course, we mentioned all the. Randy Beeman segments for them. We mentioned Slappy Girls Goes Walnuts. There's a bunch of these little uh, transition shots with like a film projector, uh, go, you know, going kind of like the Rocky and Bullwinkle ones, uh, going from one cartoon to the next. Uh, right. The, Did that what, have Dr. Scratch, Scratch and, and Sniff? Sniff, yes. Right. right. There's the, the song What Are We, uh, which yes. is – I love how the transitions of the characters in that – um, we Maybe mentioned we are dogs, cute little dogs <laughs> with ears. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, the, we mentioned uh, uh, the big candy store. And of course, we're talking about Bumby's mom, which was just fantastic. Wally Llama. Uh, I love Wally Llama. Wally Llama. Llama Llama There's a thing. It says fortunes. I don't know what for that's uh that's that's the oh that's their their fortune like what's their what's uh yeah, your fortune another transitional is, uh, I didn't get a fortune I got the next cartoon yes yeah, another transitional right. yeah. uh meatballs are consequences I love that one yes fantastic one there uh wacko's America I mean this is like like that classic just wacko jumping around the United States uh garden the garden with slappy and the snake well yeah the wacko's america though i mean that thing has been watched oh. because kids use that in to memorize the state capital yes to yeah. this day that will that will i mean that'll stick around until we Forever, definitely yeah. until we get puerto rico or somebody else in that part <laughs> of the right. yeah. state right. or washington dc right. or something because well washington dc is mentioned i think isn't yeah. it so i mean hey we can give you make washington dc its own state and uh it'll, it'll still count but it's yeah, still relevant it, it's still relevant and then, yeah that'll be around for that that has longevity <laughs> Uh, now, okay. Yakko's world has to be updated, though, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It so this Wacko's, one's got longer, yes, longer <laughs> legs. Tajikistan uh, is not in there, John. I know. Uh, I know. By the way, Super 7 is releasing their uh, Wacko figure, and guess what comes with it? The map of the United States comes uh, with a Wacko. Wow. Yeah, it's coming wow. with the action figure Cute. right there of Wacko. Uh, cool. Garden the Garden, of course, Slappy and the Snake. We have Plain Pals. Uh, we have uh, Be Careful What You Eat, another fantastic song. Uh, y- Yakko's World of Baldness, 
chairman of the board with oh, Pitt. chairman of the board, fabulous chairman uh, of the board, pump handle. Yeah, mm. it's uh, of course uh, the uh, one of my favorite transitional things, which is the the cartoons and Wacko's body, which of course ends with the great press conference at the end. Love that. Um, critical condition we had mentioned oh my fanny hurts good night everybody everybody. (laughs) critical condition we took it out (laughs) Uh, a great uh, slappy intro buttermilk it makes a body bitter Um, broadcast nuisance now that's the one John of all the cartoons uh, because John said oh he thought uh, one cartoon was our least favorite but uh, broadcast nuisance was one that uh, ultimately was butchered uh, at our end because um, someone, like a lawyer or something, saw it and and thought that Ted. Oh, who was it? It was uh, Sam, Sam Donaldson. Donaldson. We were right. we were really ripping on Sam Donaldson. And anyway, yeah. we had we had to edit the daylights out of it. Really. Really? Yeah. Wasn't his name like know. something fondlesome or something like that as well or something? It was it was really like everything from top to that was his, that yeah. was his name. In the I want to say right? yeah, they had to change it Damn to Ted Anchorman or something like that. Dan Anchorman. <laughs> fondlesome. That's yeah. Why? Why? What were we thinking? I don't know. <laughs> Probably just how can we make it funny? Yeah. Oh, let's get the lawyers involved. Yeah, like let's get the lawyers involved. So uh, go, yeah. keep going, Joey. You're doing great. What okay. We- All right. So we, uh, we got uh, Windsor Hassel. Oh, uh, yeah. I the went to Queen Mum. Yeah. Queen Mum. <laughs> yep. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and Justice for Slappy. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Was that La La La? No, that was a different one. Justice for Slappy. Justice for Slappy with the wolves as the jurors, and uh, yeah, uh, right. Brand of maniacs, of course. Delicious uh, cereal. Uh, oh, I it? love that commercial. That's yeah. Uh, gee, and Slappy were on the box. Are we getting paid for this? You're not. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> uh, Frontier Slappy. Oh, uh, fabulous! Yeah. Oh, gosh, yep. John. John uh, uh, John uh, McCann wrote John McClenahan, you know, animated yes. it, but John McCann wrote that and it had the Dover Boys singing in it. It was just wonderful. And the Dover Boys were actual like Chuck Jones characters at one time or something. Right. Yeah. They were uh, in the. In I had the- never heard of them before. So it was like, you know, I, I uh, but, but yeah. The, I think Tom put me straight. He's like, yeah, these are the Dover boys, you know, by oh. Chuck Jones. And I was like, what, what, who? So of course they I, were uh, in one cartoon. So this is, yeah. I think their second appearance. Of the, oh, yeah. as, as long as Chuck Jones is brought up, I might as well bring up a question from one of our patrons. Uh, he, he asked, uh, Paul asks, was Chuck Jones a big influence in laying out in timing and pacing in your animation, John? Absolutely. Look, um, when I when I started in animation, I didn't know uh, Chuck Jones from uh, Winnie the Pooh, you know. But um, <laughs> I I didn't I did you know I he had reminds never reminds me studied. of a very young Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had never studied animation history or anything, but I just knew I knew there were cartoons that I watched that I really liked, and I never paid attention to credits or anything. So I had no idea what anybody was doing uh, as far as, 
you know, the cartoons I liked. But I knew that I really liked the uh, Roadrunner cartoons. And uh, I liked a lot of the Bugs Bunny ones, but not all of them. And I, what I found out later on was that the ones I liked were the Chuck Jones ones. And, and I was talking to Tom about this. When the whole Silver Age uh, of cartoons was starting, there was a big uh, division among animators as to uh, who they liked more, Bob Clampett or Chuck Jones. And I... I, at that time, wouldn't have known one from the other. I wouldn't have known whose animation was whose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I, as I began to, you know, I thought, well, I need to be more, better informed, so I better start studying some of this stuff. And uh, I came to realize that, yeah, well, the one I was really trying to emulate was Chuck Jones. Um, and But, you know, and it's not to say anything bad about Bob Clampett. I just thought I thought Chuck's stuff was kind of um, quirky and uh, cute, and um, I think I think late in his career, Chuck probably got too cute for his own good. But but uh, I think his cartoon when in the fifties when he was making the Roadrunner cartoons, the best of the Bugs Daffy complex. Yeah. I mean, they Duck were. Season. The personalities were so vivid and strong, and and they really uh, completely were alive with who they were. The personalities were so clear, and yeah, uh, and they were very thoughtful. They were thoughtfully uh, planned out. I mean, that Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's uh, dissing the opera singer. I mean, it's a brilliant cartoon from yeah. start to finish. Uh, Long hair and hair. It's not just crazy nonsense. Which no. some of the early Clampett stuff is just crazy nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like chaos, uh, which you know it can be funny. I think yeah. it's like if if you ask me who is the you know, best at animating Daffy Duck, I'd probably say Clampett. You know, yeah, because uh, because he was just a, he was chaotic. But uh, but yeah, exactly what you said, Tom. It's just I I really appreciated the kind of uh, clear character and personality that kind of came out with uh jones's stuff so you know i am today i'm not going to say one's better than the other but i will say that uh, chuck jones definitely uh, had probably the most influence on me um on my my style or you know it was like i was when i thought what's going to make this thing good i didn't think chuck jones but i i guess i was in the back of my mind saying Whatever Chuck Jones did, <laughs> yeah, worked worked well there. And, so. and and your your art, your your animation, your your cartoons, the way those characters in, in animatics, their faces could be elated and they could drop and they could drop to the floor. I mean, the the expressions that John and his crew achieved with the animatic characters were not achieved by all the other studios. They, they, well, yeah, I think the other ones, they were following the model sheets and I mean, the model sheets are important and, and, and that's probably been my biggest problem with, with my animation is that I've, I don't follow the model sheets as well as I should. Like for instance, I think the TMS team, whoever they had doing, doing Animaniacs 
they would follow the models and make it look good mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. You know, I, 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 my hat's off to them because I think they were really consistent. And because I was doing so much of Startoon's work and, and my ability to follow model sheets is so bad, I thought I needed to just animate the heck out of it to make up for it. Well, we have a, a few more right here to run through. Uh, we have Meet Minerva, of course, and Minerva cartoons. Uh, yeah, uh, still popular to this day. With now that was the cartoon uh, <laughs> that they had to they had to go in and and change her cleavage uh, because uh, I think Jean McCurdy said she's too zoftic. Is that, <laughs> is that a word? I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, meet not... John Brain. Oh, that's uh, a great pick. Oh, brain. yeah. Great. Fantastic one right there. Uh, Ragamuffins, of course. Uh, the, that's the black and white black one. Black and white one, yeah. Right. right. With their red noses. Yeah. With, <laughs> yeah. Still with their red noses. Somehow the red noses came through the film processing. They're, they're magical <laughs> guys. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> karaoke Doki. I love that one. Yes. With, with uh, Captain Kirk. Right? Ba, 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 Blash. <laughs> <laughs> Have you any wool? <laughs> and I and, and I I was a big uh, Shatner fan. I loved Star Trek when I was a kid, and uh, and I I ended up being at some trade show, and uh, William Shatner was there, and I was just gushing over him. You know, to, you know, I went up to him and I, you know, I got to animate you. <laughs> he, he's like, really? You know. Uh, <laughs> He uh, he was not impressed. But fifty dollars, uh, please. Next, yeah, really, yeah. and get off my lap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. We have scare happy slappy. Uh, oh, that's Halloween. that Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a great uh, Shakespeare explained the Macbeth uh, one. Oh, those um, are beautiful cartoons. Yeah, uh, it, which is Wacko it. being chased. Yes. Yeah, right that's a, like a no cut cartoon. That was a uh, uh, animating backgrounds. Yeah, animating backgrounds. So it was, it was all one scene, and so Dave Pryor and I split that one. Uh, wow. He he did the uh, first half, and I did the second half. I think mm. tremendous uh, amount of work. It was, I mean, it was all was, on cell, right? Yeah, and we and we. We thought, the background oh, gosh, was painted cell, just moving. Oh, yeah, yeah painted cell. So we, we we thought it would be good. Well, it's it's at nighttime, so we'll try and keep the colors kind of muted and dark blue. And um, I think it worked. I think it worked all oh, right. It worked great. Uh, good. I think that was the Macadamia good. Nut episode too. And and right. I think that was the episode with uh, Bully for Skippy. Bully for Skippy. It was a, it which, was all ninety two. Which is yeah. a a great episode about uh, Reef Blunt. That's the one that you were there for the recording, were you not, Sean? I was. I was actually there, and uh, I remember. Uh, I was. I wasn't really aware of what was going on, but apparently, this is a big uh, kind of a a way of the the Warner Brothers writers are getting back at the FCC for all these regulations they were putting on them, and I guess they were they were starting to say that you know now now we had to have certain amounts of educational content and uh all this sort of thing and and what do you know the next thing we hear is that uh tom and the crew have written an episode about it and that was 
and that was bully for Skippy. So that was an opportunity to just have more senseless violence <laughs> and, and also uh, rip on uh, Reed Hunt, who that was the guy's name, I guess, from the F- FCC. But uh, uh, you guys read Reef Blunt. Reef Blunt. <laughs> Which are two, two marijuana insiders. Yeah. It's a great episode to watch on April 20th. Yeah, uh. yeah well, there was, there, when, when Sherry was uh, recording, uh, and I, I don't know if it was Tom was just kind of filling me in on some of the regulations, and I, I just said, I said, boy, there's, there's some of our tax dollars hard at work. And, <laughs> and, they laughed and they said, "Oh, we need to record that." And so, the, so Sherry got up there and recorded that line, of, and we included it in the cartoon. And that's <laughs> when I just thought, "Isn't that so awesome that a that a you know an idiot like me could come up with a decent <laughs> line, and 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 they would use it because they thought it was funny." You know, it was like there was nothing. There were there were no. Uh, you know, it wasn't all personalities and, uh, no, you there know, wasn't the ego trying, on that. We wanted it. There wasn't money. ego. Yeah. 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 Uh, that was, that was the, the wonderful thing about working uh, with Tom and his people was just that they, they didn't care as long as it was funny. Hmm. And, uh, which, which brings me back to, uh, Bumby's mom, mm-hmm. because to me, that was so funny, and it, and that was also kind of a commentary on violence um, in cartoons. And I always considered that to be sort of like my animated thesis because <laughs> it it just you know it was like, come on guys, nobody's really getting hurt, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so and and that poor dog that Slappy just pulls off the street <laughs> and, and she she gives him a bomb and then she, a train runs over him and then a house falls on him it was yeah. like all these things in one scene and it was just like oh my gosh and and she says see he's all right and i <laughs> and, and, <laughs> So so yeah, that one that one I just thought. You and know. then when you go and meet uh, Bumby's mom, Vina Waleen, yeah, tra- trailer park I think in Arizona is that right? In but Tucum, New, Cary, New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico, so, which is a fun. I love that name, yeah. that town. Yeah, Tucum, Cary. I yeah. drove through there one time. Me there's too. nothing Me there. Too. No, there's yeah. a motel. I stayed there. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I drove to uh, when I drove to California to. Uh, pursue my animation career. I, I I had to stop there because uh, yeah, because it mean, was Tucumcari. And people, I went into like the diner, and people were looking at me like, "Well, he's not from these parts." <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, we also have uh, Magic Time with the Siegfried and Roy. Uh, oh, right yeah. there. The, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, so remember, don't watch that episode if you have headphones on, because Dot will blow your eardrums out in that one scene right there. Where she oh, screams. the screech? Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, we have The Brain's Apprentice, which was – now, that's The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Now, I, I read beautiful. that you kind of had – now, I think it's a great, uh, beautiful episode as well, but – uh, John, I, I I was reading. I think you've had some kind of mixed feelings on that one. Is that what do you think about the Brain's Apprentice? No, no, no. I I you thought like it, it was 
Yeah, I liked oh, it. Right. I, I what I didn't like was at first uh, when we when we first got the um, the assignment. storyboard from from yeah. yeah the assignment and my and they had uh, a music track that was um, like Ducasse, uh, whatever that that piece is of his. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the it's the Sorcerer's Apprentice. But it wasn't quite that piece because I, I guess people were worried about getting sued or something. But it's like Ducasse has been dead for a long time, right? Yeah. So <laughs> between that and and Dot the Macadamia Nut, because at first, remember Tom, they weren't going to use the actual music for uh, the Macarena either, right? Uh, and so they they had done like a a scratch music track that was sort of Macarena esque, but not the Macarena. And I just, I remember talking to Tom on the phone saying, man, it's a shame they can't just use the music. And he says, yeah, we can't. And then the next thing I know is he's called me back a couple of days later and he's like, hey, guess what? We bought the music. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so they got to use the the actual. Well, John, John suggested it. He said, see, see if you, and, and so we did. <laughs> Well, and, I didn't. And, I didn't. And, you know, it's no trouble asking. All you got to do, I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 And Tom, yeah, you wrote especially. the lyrics to that, right? Yes, I did. And yeah. that's why I wanted to use the original uh, as well, because I wrote it to the original uh, tune. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, that that has a lot of weird little complicated. It has some Spanish in it, and it's just wild. Yeah. 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 Well, again, I mean, I would refer you back to the original uh music video for that song because because you know everything we did was based on that including uh ralph's provocative dancing and and um, at the fact that yakko uh, and wacko are at the mic the same way that the the original mm. singers are right there and the, the split screens are very similar yeah yeah right right and and there's and there's a gal in that that appears in several costumes like like that does yes right? so yeah. Okay, Beautiful. Uh, but back to Brain's Apprentice, um, because it was mainly a musical number, uh, and so the thing about music is uh, you basically want to make sure that you're cutting to the beat and that your action is kind of on the beats, and uh, beyond that, you kind of let the uh, music and the storyboard dictate everything, and for that reason, I, I used that cartoon as kind of a... Uh, a chance to let Ron Fleischer, my tech guy, get a directing credit. So, oh. so I, I I gave that to him to supervise. Of course, he didn't animate any of it, but he he uh, arranged the whole thing. He took a lot of pride in it and um, timed it. Uh, yeah, he timed it, and he and he uh, yeah he and he he gave out the assignments, and I did a few of the scenes for him, and. Uh, it was it was good. I mean, it was great. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, and uh, there's just a, f- a few more right here. In in "Hooray for North Hollywood" Part One, we have the song "There's Only One of You" that was kind of like stuck in there, uh, and and then closing it out with a chicken boo with punchline parts oh, yeah. one and two. That rings a bell. Yes, it's a great you know, chicken boo. I hate to say camera. it, but it's like there's so much footage invo- involved, and and 
uh, I often have to be reminded about these things. Yeah. But uh, mm -hmm. Chicken Boo, I thought, was another one of those quirky ideas. It was just like, <laughs> here's a chicken being a chicken, and people are allowing him to be all, all kinds of other things. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's that's Deanna Oliver, the same as uh, I think most of the Randy Beemans were Deanna Oliver. Yes. With were her they? son, okay. with her son as Randy, as as Colin, I should say, yeah, yeah. as this as the boy talking about Randy Randy Beeman. So, yeah, <laughs> and then of course John and his team went on to do uh, uh, Road Rovers and Hysteria. Um, but I think, do we want to look at anything? Yeah, we can we can uh, we can do a quick. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let, why don't we do a quick watch through of the the Macadamia? Nut. Okay, and this is where we will pause just for a minute because the commentary for the Macadamia Nut can be found over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Animaniacast. That's right. Over there you can hear and actually see John McClenaghan's video commentary over there uh, with Tom Ruger and, uh, of course, us all enjoying the Macadamia Nut and... Uh, it's a lot of fun. And there's a bunch of other stuff over there at our Patreon as well that you can check out, including over 50 episodes of commentaries from Tom Ruger, uh, but also uh, Peter Hastings, John P. McCann, and Paul Rugg, as well as others. So, hey, head on over today. You can become a supporter of our show, patreon.com slash Animaniacast, and we appreciate your support. I wanted to animate that one myself entirely, uh, but it didn't work out that way. So I, I did farm out some of the scenes, but I did get to animate most of that one myself. Wow. Wow. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. There's another senior thesis, John. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's my dancing thesis. Well, I, I think before we go to some of the, the, the questions, uh, I think we, we should we should talk about just – Going to the Emmy Awards ceremony in 1997. Before we get to our our questions for the audience and everything, How, what was that? What was that? How was that there, John? Well, it was unbelievable. I mean, just to be able to uh, to be invited to the ceremony. I mean, I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't a Warner Brothers employee per se, but uh, I guess I had directed enough uh, of the episodes that uh, that it that qualified me to be able to, to go with the team. And, uh, yeah, I just, I remember, um, first I remember some great food. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> New York has got some great restaurants. And, and that's another thing, being a guy from Chicago, um, I was kind of scared of New York. I mean, it just, it seemed like, uh, oh gosh, all the people there are mean, and uh, and it's a big, you know, it's just a big Gotham city with all these big black skyscrapers and everything. But uh, I've I've actually found the people to be actually kind of wonderful, hmm. and uh, they're they're just they're all busy though, so <laughs> so it's like they don't they don't really have time to mess with you, but but. For the most part, they're they're nice people, uh, so that was that was a nice experience. And then, uh, uh, and I remember as we were milling around. Well, 
how we got into the thing, it was in the Radio City Music Hall, and there was some kind of a procession that went on for blocks and blocks. And so you had to like wind your we way. Ate dinner. We ate dinner at right. some restaurant, uh, some big sprawling place yeah. where they had everybody eating dinner. Then you right. left. Right. And, and you went across the street, right? Yeah. And we're, we're all in our tuxedos, right? Yep. And, 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 and gowns. <laughs> you were in the gown. Yes. <laughs> you were in a tuxedo. And, uh, <laughs> But but yeah, I just remember, okay, and now we start walking and, and we're walking, we're walking, we're walking, and we're walking up and down streets and alleys <laughs> and, uh, and 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 people in tuxedos and gowns walking ahead of us and behind us. Uh, so we we're all just you know staying in line and kept on walking and eventually we came up, turned a corner, and there we were and there was a red carpet, right? Yep. and uh, paparazzi and cameras, and uh, of course, it was just all blowing my mind. Um, and and, <laughs> and, and fans of mostly of daytime drama, fans right. behind right. the ropes. And say, <laughs> right, and immediately when we got there, their eyes all glazed over. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they said, what show are you with? And we said, anime. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I remember at one point the procession slowed down, and I think Tom, you took a picture of the gang in a pose in the alley. It was it was like Band on the Run or something. It was. It was from the album cover of the Paul McCartney Band on the Run album. And, <laughs> yeah, and we, uh, we still have that picture. And we, yeah, You're I'd like, love to. I'd love, I'd love to get a copy of that picture if you ever right. have time to send it to I me. will find that. Thank you. <laughs> but then, so then we're sitting in the audience and they're, you know, we're watching all these awards being given. And uh, eventually it came to our category and, um, and we won. And it was just, uh, it was like, holy cow. And, um, and you guys, we were all sitting in one row, and uh, I was I was on the far, one far side, you know, sitting with my wife. And so I saw you guys get up and go towards the aisle. So I got up and went towards the other aisle, and but the other aisle didn't have a stairway to the stairs. Oh no! So all you guys were going up the stairs, and I was like, how am I going to get up there? And I ended up just kind of vaulting up there, you know, jumping up onto the stage, <laughs> tripping security, over some Security. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But luckily, there was a there was a big gang of them, and uh, I don't think anybody noticed me. So I quickly scurried to the back where I belong. <laughs> and uh, but but then uh, yeah, we got our we got our award, which was presented, I think, by. Who's the guy from um, that prison movie? Oh gosh! Uh, oh, oh, uh, the movies. tall guy. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim, Tim, no, Robin, yeah. something, yeah. Robin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So he presented, and he, and just before that, I think uh, Mr. Rogers got a lifetime achievement award or something. And so we ended up getting ushered backstage, and they take us to an elevator, 
uh, and there's a big table uh, in front of the elevator, and they say, you know, pick. There's there's a bunch of Emmy awards there, and they said just take one of those. <laughs> and so we all got to we all got to take one off the table, and then we got on the elevator, huh. and and we went up the elevator, and I remember being on the elevator with Tim Robbins and and Mr. Rogers. So wow, uh, they, are you they were taller all than at, Tim Robbins? I am taller than Tim Robbins, but he's another tall drink of water. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's, he's a pretty tall guy. So I, I'll tell you who's not that tall that I thought was tall. Mr. Rogers. I saw, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> I saw there, oh, and hmm. he's not really that tall. I don't know if he's maybe six one or six two or something. Oh, huh. what a short guy! Yeah. Well, look, I'm just saying. It's like when I saw <laughs> him like next to, oh. when I saw him throwing Sylvester Stallone around, I had this idea that he was just this monster. So, <laughs> the Stallone, the Stallone isn't that tall either. I guess Stallone actually just isn't that big. He's not actually yeah. a heavyweight. Right. So. Uh, and and yeah. you met Ben Stein there as well, is that right? Uh, ben Stein, I got to meet uh, yeah. beforehand. Beforehand, he he was such a nice guy. Um, I, I I remember seeing him the following year also when we we got to go uh, to the award show and we didn't win that time. And I remember uh, going to you know, there's some when you when you don't win you go out to dinner and you get drunk and you, you get sad and you know and and cry in your drink and uh and ben stein walked into the restaurant and he came up to our table and he said you were robbed <laughs> <laughs> so i said yes we were ben very well, nice guy though I don't think you know we can thank you enough for all the the contributions that you made to you know the wonderful just fantastic cartoon. I uh, of course Animaniacs is what I'm referring to. Uh, Nathan Kelly, do we have any questions to close oh, things out with here? So many. Yes. So I know that's the thing. We have so many. Kelly, we'll start with you. What what questions do we have from audience members? Okay, um, there's a question from Kelsey, uh, and it's actually related to the clip we watched just a few minutes ago. I love the macadamia nut song more than the Macarena. I was wondering how many times did you have to watch the Macarena music video while making the parody? It's up there with the Muppets Bohemian Rhapsody is one of the best music video parodies I've ever seen. <laughs> well, we did we did have the original on hand uh, to look at. Of course, we had like a bad VHS copy of it, but um, we we did refer to that quite a bit. I mean, when, whenever I would start uh, a scene, I would think, okay, where is this in that? And I'd look at it and, you know, probably, uh, gosh, I would say I probably referred to the original video 10 or 20 times a day wow. uh, for, you know, for a couple specific of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Just to look at specific moments. Cause that's the thing. It's like when you're working uh, as an animator, you're working frame by frame, and you have to always keep in mind there's there's real time. You know, how does this actually work in real time? So you need to refer to stuff happening in real time, like like Ralph dancing. Uh, he it had to be that slow because the original was that slow. You know, yeah. yeah, it was kind of this this sort of wavy motion, 
and uh, and this girl that was dancing was, you know, being very seductive with her movement, <laughs> and uh, and so I thought, well, this is perfect. Now to make this big fat ass into a dancer. Um, so so yeah, just him, you know, tied his shirt up and uh, let his belly hang out a little bit. And just, yeah, referred to that quite a bit. And I just realized it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to put more in-betweens in here to slow it down. <laughs> we have a rule that uh, you can't put more than three in-betweens between keys. So if it needs more than that, then you've got to provide the extra keys. Uh, so if it's like going from 1 to 21, I would have to do number 1, number 5, number 9, number 13 number 17 and number 21. I couldn't just put 20 in-betweens between 1 and 21. Mm-hmm. So that, because the in-betweeners got a lot of hard work to do anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, Nathan, what else we got? Uh, I got a question from a patron. This is from John. Um, and he asks, what episode of Animaniacs or anything else you worked with on, uh, on with Tom gave you the, uh, gave you and your team the most trouble and conversely, what's the episode you remember having the most fun putting together? Wow. Well, I think um, I think the one we had the most trouble with uh, was meatballs or consequences. I remember that one just being a real pain in the butt. It was it was hard hard to get that one to work properly. Uh, some of that, that had to death. With death was in that one, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It was a takeoff on that old Bergman film, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't uh, show as being a pain. It's not a painful viewing experience. It's. I find it very enjoyable. I know Kelly likes that mm-hmm. one. And yeah. That right? that's, so that's the one that that has all is strange and vague. Are we dead or is this Ohio? Yeah, <laughs> there's some beautiful stuff, and and it, I think it's well shots. animated. So I guess the the hassle must have been, I don't know. Yeah, ho- hopefully, yeah. I mean, part of the hassle was making sure that the hassle didn't show up on screen. You know, <laughs> that's so, right. That's right. So we it didn't. Yeah, but, yeah there was it was a lot of. Um, and I, and a lot of it, I think, had to do with staffing. I had a few animators that I was trying out on that one, uh, and they weren't they weren't working out well. So that meant we had to redo their stuff and tell them to go back to in betweening or something, which is always painful. Sure, um, sure. So I, I, that's that's the one that I remember. And, and but you know, if I if I put that on a scale of uh, difficulty. Uh, it would still be in probably the top 10% of fun projects that I've worked on in my life, you know, because just doing everything, everything we did with Warner Brothers was fun. It was just a lot of fun. And I I never, like I say, I never wanted to do commercials. Uh, I didn't, I didn't like, you know, I've worked on a lot of series, you know, Hanna-Barbera, their stuff, I don't know. I don't know if you would say it was fun. It was just like it was work and it paid. But uh, but this this stuff that we got to do with Tom and his crew uh, was always fun. So it's like, yeah, maybe Meatballs and Consequences wasn't one that, 
you know, was at the at the top of that bunch of cartoons. But in my career, it was still one of the better uh, experiences I ever had. Uh, and the most fun, I, I think, was probably uh, Bumby's mom. Or, you know, I did have a lot of fun doing Macadamia, Adopt the Macadamia. Mm-hmm. Not most of them, you know, any of the Slappy Squirrel ones. Slappy mm-hmm. was just a character I loved. I thought. I didn't realize that her voice was, uh, Sherry took that from some stand-up routine that she did, but I just thought it was perfect. So I loved her voice. I loved her rendition of it. I actually found it hard to believe that she did it because, you know, she's just this cute little thing. And and uh, Slappy sounds so much like she's run through the mill too many times. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I love I loved Slappy, and so, you know, Slappy had that kind of quirky, droll sense of humor and that kind of uh, curmudgeonly demeanor that uh, uh, unfortunately probably characterizes me too much. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think – well, just close it off. I have one last comment here. This one – actually, Dave Pryor sent a little comment uh, to you on our Instagram. He just said, all the the positive Chicago vibes is all Dave Pryor had to say to you. So, oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's been wonderful having you on, John and Tom. Thank you so much for accompanying him along as we have gone through all this stuff. And, you know, there's there's so much more Star Tunes to go. I think it would be great, you know, just continue, you know, in the future. We'll have to revisit some of the Star Tunes stuff uh, with maybe some, one or two of the other people who have been in, uh, you know, as part of your crew. Uh, to talk about an episode or two that because uh, you know it's just real great stuff really you know some of the highlights of the entire series were were the stuff made by star tunes i think most fans well, agree thank with you that. so much joey that's so nice to hear that's yeah. so nice to hear. i think it'd be good to do a viewing of some of it with john at some point in the future when when totally. you guys have the time yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely because uh, there's a lot. I mean, just going over that list, you're yeah. just like, oh my gosh, that one's great. That one's great. That one's we great. Can do, we can do Wally Lama, Meatballs and Consequences. Um, <laughs> exactly. Karaoke Doki. Karaoke Doki. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pick out some highlights and get John to talk you through them. That'd be great. And then, of course, yeah. Bumby's mom. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That'd be fun. Yeah. The, right. um, the iconic thing in, in Wally Lama is when he's going, Lama, 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 Lama. <laughs> 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 well, let's go ahead and once no more again, questions. No more no. questions. No more questions. It's time to wrap up things. I, uh, I made my mom watch that episode. I'm like, mom, you have to watch this episode. She thought it was hilarious. Let's go ahead and get to some contact information once again. Uh, Nathan, where can people find you online? Oh, Joey, I'm still on Twitter for some reason. JankoFT, that's me. I mean, he hasn't tweeted in over a year, but he's still there. Still technically there. <laughs> he's still technically there. Uh, Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. <laughs> All right. And Tom, you're, I can you're be around. Found, I can be found on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Right. Please find me. And and as for John, well, you have to you have to search really high and far and low. I don't know if you'll be able to find him anywhere. Yeah, I'm on the banks of the Sock River in uh, <laughs> in the Ozarks. <laughs> so and just call out me there. Yes. Yeah. Just, just start yodeling. yelling. Yeah, yodeling. That's great. 
<laughs> As for the Animaniacast, we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and some other stuff. And if you want to uh, reach out to us, Animaniacast at gmail.com. We have, of course, our uh, member of the RetroZap podcast network. So you're a member of the RetroZap Discord and all that stuff. Head on over to RetroZap.com today for a fantastic podcast and articles every day. Check them out. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So, for Nathan, Kelly, Tom, and John, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, nurse. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. That was pointless. How you doing? I feel air sick. Dissolve to the next scene, quick!